all the way from the land down under, we welcome the Health Bloke Podcast. Talking all this wellness. You name it, the Health Bloke will discuss it, talk about it, or prove it. Whether it's about fitness, food, lifestyle, or more. He's a realist, he's relatable, and he's really good. So settle in, relax, and enjoy. Welcome, listeners, to another edition of the Health Bloke Podcast, talking all things wellness. Today, I will be your host and your guest, and the topic of this podcast is exercise. Obviously, exercise is something that I'm particularly passionate about, uh, and it is probably the industry that I've been involved in for most of my professional career. And when I look at it, I think, um, broadly speaking, it is probably always the number one New Year's resolution for most of us. Uh, we either want to get fit, lose weight, or start the new year with some kind of habit formation. Or for others, exercise is always on your top of your things to do list. Or it might just be the mental demon convincing you to start next week, next month, or after your holiday. I guess for the majority of us, we want to be doing exercise. We know it's good for us. But for some reason or another, we never get kick-started or we don't stay consistent enough for long enough and get the results that we're after. However, whatever the excuses are, they tend to be stronger than the commitment required to start. However, the good news is it doesn't really matter how long you've been inactive for. It doesn't really matter about your age or your gender or your current health status. What really matters is that some type of exercise is always possible and for the majority of the time, it is always beneficial. So what I want to particularly touch on today is for you as a listener to understand the importance of exercise, but also look at training for results versus training for lifestyle and what that might mean. Also want to touch on what is the best intensity to train at and how do you know. I think in the past there's been a lot of um, communication around you know low intensity, long duration for fat burning, whereas these days it's pretty much done a role reversal and it's looking at high intensity exercise, short duration, um, but I want to touch on why that is beneficial. And I also want to touch on cardiovascular exercise versus resistance exercises. Again, um, for a long period of time, for people that want to lose weight, drop weight quickly, everyone thought you had to do a lot of cardiovascular exercise, um, predominantly running for a long period of time at a sub-maximal intensity. But again, research and studies have shown um, recently, and I guess through social media and pictures and programs that are portrayed these days that has really highlighted the benefits of resistance training. So I want to touch on that and how that benefits your life. But if we actually generally look at what exercise is, Wikipedia states that exercise is any bodily activity that enhances or maintains physical fitness and overall health and well-being. It is performed for various reasons, including strengthening muscles and the cardiovascular system, honing athletic skills, weight loss or maintenance, as well as the purpose of enjoyment. I think for you as the listener, you, you'll sort of be able to define what exercise means to you. That definition for me probably uh, encapsulates everything that exercise does mean to me. I love doing a um, combination of resistance training, cardiovascular training, and I often do it for general well-being. I exercise for my mental sanity, but I also meant, uh, exercise for muscle mass, lean muscle mass, and certainly to help me live a happier and healthier lifestyle. So what I want to do is get into it first, and as I said, touch on exercising for results versus exercising for lifestyle. 
but throughout this podcast and even at the end of it, I'd really love your feedback in terms of what exercise means to you and perhaps what you actually struggle with in terms of exercise. Is it that you aren't getting the results that you're after? Is it you don't know where to start, um, what to do, or a combination of all of the above? So please, feedback is always encouraged, whether that be positive or negative. So I'd really like to you know, engage in the postcard, in the podcast, and write a review for me at, at the completion. But personally, I think most of us should be training for results rather than lifestyle. Yet I think the majority of the population actually does it in reverse. Having been in the industry for over 20 years and been at the coalface, so to speak, I see a lot of people that go to the gym, but their body shape never actually changes. They don't aesthetically look like they're getting any fitter or healthier, even though internally they probably are in terms of their heart and lungs. Um, But aesthetically, they're not changing. They do exercise that they like for the time they think is right at the intensity that they are comfortable with. And as I said, I'd go to as far to say that 90% of the training population are unconsciously exercising for lifestyle, yet think they are training for results. So I really want to get you guys to think about your training protocol, what you do, and are you actually getting the results you're after? Is it, you know, an aesthetic change in terms of seeing the scales decrease, you know, you're losing weight? Is it the aesthetic change that you're seeing some muscle shape, um, some definition? What is it? It needs that you need to have some measure that you can t- test to validate that your exercise is having an impact. So I refer to the people, you know, the 90% as the comfortable consumer. They come in, they think that they're doing the right thing, they make that conscious decision to exercise because they know that it's good for them, but they never get the results they're after because I guess most people are afraid of change. They are comfortable being comfortable. I often say to clients, you don't get any smarter reading the same book every day and your body is exactly the same. If you do the same exercise or the same workout day in, day out, your body isn't going to change. Your body needs to be put under stress to create a physiological adaptation. So when you know, just review your program as you listen to this podcast, are you stressing it on a daily basis in the gym, whether that be reps, changing your rep range, whether that be changing your weights, whether that be changing the order of your exercise, whether that be changing the intensity of your exercise. I think every specific workout really needs to be goal-orientated rather than just saying you want to lose four kilos in four weeks. I think you've got to be really goal-specific and say, okay, this week I'm going to focus on training this muscle group or I'm going to train at this intensity or I'm going to alter my program by this much and for this reason. So have really short-term, weekly-orientated training goals in an effort to obviously achieve your overall long-term goal, which might be weight loss, might be training for a marathon, it might be putting on lean muscle mass, it might be improving your balance or functionality or rehabilitation after a knee reconstruction or something. You need to have short-term goals that again complement your long-term goal. So I really want you to think about that throughout this sort of topic of conversation. I actually more recently wrote a blog about getting about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And that is exactly what we need to do in regards to exercise. We need to embrace change. We need to embrace discomfort. You know, obviously physiological stress versus pain. I encourage physiological stress. I don't um, encourage pain. And when we look at pain, we can also look at, uh, they call it DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. DOMS is good, but if you have DOMS for too many days, you've obviously overdone it. So a couple of days of muscle soreness is, is certainly acceptable, but again, we want to make sure the physiological stress 
is the ride stress rather than pain because we don't want you to uh, break down and get injured so you can't train for long periods of time. Um, I also think we need to embrace intensity and sort of change our mindset that low intensity, long duration is the ideal um, training zone for, for weight loss. And we need to embrace personal improvement regardless of your age, your gender, or your physical health status. I think as society, we, you know, we all put ourselves into certain demographics, training demographics, and you say, oh, because I'm this, or because I'm male, or because I'm female, or because I'm getting older, my metabolism is just slowing down, or because I'm getting older, I'm, I'm dropping my lean muscle mass. Well, sure, that might be a factor that plays a part in your exercise regime and your results, but it's certainly not the number one reason for that. So I want you to address that. Because at the end of the day, we can all improve um, our body and our body will always adapt. These physiological adaptations might be reflected in someone's weight loss, lean muscle mass, increased bone density, improved motor skills. It doesn't really matter. What actually matters is that the results you're getting are a direct reflection on your training program and the desired goals that you're after. Unfortunately, the majority of exercises and gym junkies don't get the results that they're after because they aren't training with the right ingredients that promote purposeful training. These people, as I said, I refer to as lifestyle trainers. They're training regularly, thinking they're doing the right thing, but their improvements and or adaptations are minimal, if there are any at all. Therefore, in an effort to become a results-orientated exerciser rather than a lifestyle-orientated exerciser, it is imperative to incorporate change. And I'll continually talk about it because I think you really need to look at your training program and address it and saying, are you changing things? And I guess employing a personal trainer or training in a different environment or doing classes is beneficial because you don't always do the same thing day in, day out. Whereas a lot of people in the gym population come to the gym, they join as a member, they get a gym program, they get comfortable with it and they never change it. So they're never going to create change. These are the lifestyle-orientated exercises that I'm talking about. You know, so a few basic things that you might want to address in terms of changing um, or creating change for results-orientated training is changing your intensity, changing your resistance, changing the variety, changing the frequency or the modality of your training program. Also address your hydration plan. Um, also your sleeping patterns are particularly important, probably a number probably the number one factor that we actually don't take into consideration, the importance of sleep and recovery. And I also think we need to put more emphasis on your nutritional habits or even, you know, for that matter, your stress management techniques. All these factors can impede your ability to get the results you're after. So I guess at the end of the day, I've probably got five main tips for exercising for results that I really want you to blend into your exercise regime. The first one, and in no particular order, increasing your workout intensity. You know, and I've touched on it earlier, your intensity should really mirror the results you're after. Recent studies have found that it's no longer time on task, you know, the long, slow, sub-maximal efforts. Bouts of high-intensity training for as little as four minutes have better results for weight loss than long, long bouts of sub-max exercises. So are you that person that comes in and jumps on the treadmill or jumps on some cardiovascular equipment and works off time rather than intensity? I guarantee you that a lot of the machines that you use in the gym that guesstimate your calorie expenditure would be wrong. They will over-exaggerate everything. The problem when you do a lot of cardiovascular exercise, it also increases your appetite. So you go to the gym, you do 
40 minutes, 60 minutes or longer on a cardiovascular piece of equipment, it'll tell you you've burnt X amount of calories. I guarantee you, for one, you haven't burnt that amount of calories. And then I guarantee that you probably go home or go back to work and you over-consume your calorie consumption because you're hungrier. So just be really mindful of that. Um, fuel your body correctly is also another thing that I think is particularly important for exercising for results. And the importance of nutrition is always underestimated. The way you look, the way you feel, the way you function, um, and sleep has a direct relationship with the biometrics and your physiological output. You know, and I, and I often harp on it to my clientele. Keep it simple. You know, include whole foods, two serves of fruit, three serves of vegetables a day. Consume good fats, avocados, tuna, salmon, um, coconut oil, just omega three fats. Um, versus bad fats. So really reduce your processed foods, your trans fats, your saturated fats such as butter, cheese, ice cream. Um, and also I'd like you to consider how much red meat you're having on a weekly basis. Are you having too much red meat? And another thing I really want you to pay particular attention to is reduction in sugar. There's a lot of hidden sugar in everything we eat. Um, the World Health Organization recommends our sugar consumption should equate to about 25 grams or six teaspoons per day. However, an alarming statistic in Australia from a recent health survey showed that the average Australian averages about 60 grams of sugar each day, or the equivalent of 14 teaspoons. So it's of no coincidence that maybe you're not getting the results you're over. It is no coincidence that our population is obese. It is no coincidence that type 2 diabetes is going up when you're looking at what the average Australian is consuming for sugar. Point number three, uh, as I said in no particular order, is prioritising resistance training over cardiovascular training. In the past, I think a lot of us have probably focused more on cardiovascular training than resistance training. Particularly women have that mindset that if they do weights, they're going to bulk up, they're going to get bigger and heavier. Completely untrue. Um, it has been a long-standing belief that if you want to lose weight, the best and most effective way is to do cardio, particularly running. However, it is actually the opposite. Lean muscle burns more calories than sedentary fat. So resistance training, whether this be body weight, machine weights, or free weights, are a necessity if one, you want to lose weight, and if two, you want to change your body shape. So firstly, change your mindset, and then change your program, and incorporate some circuit-based training, some body weight exercises, some resistance training. You know, hit high-intensity interval training is an awesome way to increase your fat loss and incorporate some resistance training at the same time. Um, another point, uh, I said I had five, I think my fourth one is recovery. Um, sleep is the most underrated ergogenic aid. Without adequate sleep, you will never get the body, in the, you'll never give your body the best chance of recovery. You know, there's no such thing as a sleep bank. There's no such thing as you'll catch up on sleep or you'll, you know, it's just impossible to do. Recovery aids repair. Repair rejuvenates your muscles. Lean muscle activates your metabolism, which will then lead to the results you're after. So rest and recovery should probably be your number one priority. Are you getting enough rest and recovery? What are you doing post-exercise? Stretching, foam roller, active recovery. What are you doing? And then look at your sleeping habits. Are you getting adequate sleep six plus hours a day? Average that throughout seven days a week. And the last one, which I've already sort of touched on previously, is implementing variety. As I stated earlier, your body will only respond to change if it is put under stress. So it is important to implement different stresses into your program weekly. 
rather than monthly or bi-monthly or quarterly. You've really got to look at your program every week and try and increase your weight first, your bench press, increase the rep range on your leg press, increase your intensity on your HIIT training. You know, it could be as simple as the order of your exercises and the number of sets you're performing for each muscle group, um, or as I said, particularly the weight you're lifting. So I guess they are really the, the five main tips for exercising for results. So uh, on a personal level, think about how you're training um, and are you addressing those five key points, intensity, fuel, resistance, recovery, and variety. And if you're not, look at your program and look at ways you can change that um, ASAP. Probably another one in terms of becoming a results-based trainer versus a lifestyle um, exerciser I want you to think about the level of intensity you're training at. Um, it's sort of a fantastic debate and something that the majority of the training population get wrong. And the simple reason is because we don't like working at the intensity that we know we should be. We hate being uncomfortable and we can't push ourselves at that intensity required. And I guess that's when you look at elite athletes, they've probably got that intrinsic motivation that they can work at that higher intensity for a longer period of time. They can do that one or two reps more, that one or two extra sets. They're more consistent, they're more frequent. They challenge themselves on a daily basis or on a weekly basis rather than on a quarterly basis. You know, so there used to be a measure for your level of intensity called the Borg rating of perceived exertion. And this is the range between six and 20. Um, six obviously being the lower end of intensity, 20 being maximum effort. But on a personal level, I believe this measure is still a little bit confusing um, and if you look at it, and if you look at posters or even on your gym and some of your cardiovascular machines, it might have, you know, a 6 out of 10 is equivalent to very, very light. What, what is very, very light? How does that relate to your heart rate? 9 might be very light, 13 somewhat hard, and 17 very hard, and 20 maximal exertion. So obviously the range for the Borg scale was 6 to 20. It seems a little bit confusing. It's very hard to measure very, very light versus very hard. So for decades, this general consensus was that if you wanted to lose maximum weight loss in a short period of time, then lower intensity for longer duration was the key. So you're probably working anywhere between you know, a 9 or 13. And this formula was sort of based roughly around your um, perceived heart rate max. You know, and, and for that, there was a study where they, it was only a very small sample size and they used 220 minus your age to work out your perceived uh, maximum heart rate. And then ideally you'd work at a percentage of that. So you know, early on, they were, they were saying for weight loss, fat burning, low intensity, say 60% of that. However, the latest research suggests that small bouts of high intensity exercise brings the best results for fat loss. Therefore, when I'm prescribing programs um, and intensities for clientele, I get them to all understand their own rate of perceived exertion and I don't use the Borg scale, six to 20, I say zero to 10, it's a little bit more, it's, it's probably easier to relate to. You know, and I say, okay, zero is sitting on the couch having a beer or a wine, whereas 10 out of 10 is exhausted, nearly unconscious, just gasping for breath. You know, so I personally believe that the best fat burning range for my clientele, uh, taking into consideration that the recent studies show the higher intensity the better, would be between a seven and an eight out of 10. And how do you measure that seven, eight out of 10? That's probably someone that could say yes or no answers. They couldn't have a long conversation and tell you about what they've been doing for the whole day. They'd be at that sort of threshold where they can communicate, but certainly not on a comfortable level. A comfortable level, sorry. And again, 
when you correlate that seven or eight out of 10, it probably does actually correlate to about 70 to 80% of your maximum heart rate. But for most of us, we actually um, never know what our max heart rate is because we've never done a VO2 max test where we've been taken to the limit. So these are just your rate of perceived exertions. And again, it certainly does change depending upon the amount of sleep you have, the stress level you had, your workload, your current mental status. So that rate of perceived exertion might change on a daily basis, but if you can average it out and think every time you go to the gym, you have to roughly be a 7 out of 10, then I guarantee you'll get a hell of a lot better results than if you're working at a lower intensity for a longer period of time. Something else that I sort of want to touch on in this podcast too, in regards to exercise, uh, and I mentioned it earlier, is cardiovascular exercise versus resistance training. My theory is that you should only ever run for meditation purposes, for the feeling of freedom, for stress management, for the zen, or because you love it. You should never run purely because of weight loss purposes. So you really need to change your mindset, not think that pounding the pavement is going to be the best form of exercise for you. It has long been the go-to modality for everybody who wants to lose weight quickly, but I really encourage you to change your mindset and change your program. Um, I touched on it before the latest research showed that cardiovascular vascular exercise is no longer as effective for weight loss and I guess hence the term being you know skinny fat there's plenty of skinny fat people out there that run a lot but their body shape doesn't change they don't have any lean muscle mass so their resting metabolism is not working as hard as it could be because as I stated sedentary muscle burns more calories than sedentary fat so the only real way to change your body shape is combining both cardiovascular and resistance training nevertheless I think you should also be mindful of the fact that to get the optimal results you're after, the order of exercise is also important. You know, I'd, I'd guesstimate that the majority of gym users probably come into the gym, they warm up on cardio, or they do their cardio component of their workout, which probably amounts to about 70% of their program, and then they'd get off and they'd do a little bit of weights, then some abs, then some stretching, and they'd go. Rather than coming in and doing your resistance-based training first for the predominantly the majority of the program and then doing some high intensity hit cardio for about 20% to 30% of your program max. I've touched on it before and studies have found that if you actually perform your resistance training exercise first, you'll actually burn the majority of your glycogen stores. So if you're burning the majority of your glycogen stores first, then when you get on and do your cardiovascular component, um, you'll burn more fat. You'll lose actually more weight. You know, By doing it in this order, it actually leads... To burning more fat mainly because of this excess post-exercise oxygen consumption or they refer to it as EPOC. So again, really probably flip your training regime in reverse. If you're currently doing more cardiovascular training and you're doing it at the study program, reverse it, do predominantly resistance-based training for 70% of your program and then do some high-intensity cardio um, at the end of your program. You know, I guess at the end of the day, I've seen it for a long period of time that resistance training gets a lot of negative connotations, but the positives actually far outweigh the negatives. You know, by doing resistance training, it actually increases your resting metabolism by 7%. As I've stated, sedentary muscle burns more calories than sedentary fat, another benefit. You know, we need to minimise, as we get older, we need to minimise muscle loss. We actually lose 3.5% of muscle mass each decade after the age of 30, or even a, a simpler formula is we actually lose 1% of lean muscle per year after the age of 40, which is pretty alarming. So again, as we get older, it's probably nearly more relevant to do some resistance-based training. You know, as kids, I guess we're running around, we're doing more exercise or bodyweight exercises that helps with maintaining our muscle mass, but as we get older, as we get more sedentary, 
our muscle mass naturally decreases. So it's really important to get some resistance training in. And I guess at the end of the day, resistance training helps uh, develop better body mechanics and it also plays a key role in disease prevention. You know, so these five facts that I've mentioned there in terms of increasing your metabolism, um, burning more calories, reducing muscle mass, developing better body mechanics and, and disease prevention, they're fantastic reasons why you should, again, implement more resistance training in your workout. So I guess at the end of the day, when you're considering the resistance training options, this is where a lot of you might get confused. You know, what do you do? What exercise do you do per muscle group? How many exercises do you perform for each muscle group? And again, this should be direct reflection on what your training goal is. Is your training goal just to maintain better body mechanics? Is your exercise program designed for weight loss? Is your exercise designed for athletic performance? Whatever your training goal is, you need to structure your rep range, your sets, your exercises around this. And I'm certainly happy to offer my skill set in terms of helping you as, as my listener design an exercise program that's specific for your needs. But I think if you can take a couple of things away from it, um, when you're looking at rep range, I guess a lot of people will come in and say, okay, when you're doing weights, it should anywhere be between 10 and 15 reps. Well, why? You know, I guess if you're doing one to five reps, you're particularly training a strength component. If you're develop, if you're doing between five and eight reps per set, we're looking at strength plus hypertrophy, muscle, muscle gain. And again, eight to 10 reps, we're probably looking at lean muscle and strength as well. 10 to 12 reps would be muscle with some endurance, so lean muscle with some endurance. And then after you get in the higher rep range, 12 to 15, 15 to 20, you're looking at endurance-based training. So I think you really gotta reflect on what is your end goal, what is your purposeful training program look like? Because whatever your training program looks like should mimic the results you're after. And I guess at the end of the day, to bring this educational component of this podcast to an end, we've got to remember that you know in life, a peak is surrounded by two valleys. You can never train at 110% all of the time. You need to understand what works for you because what works for you is going to be completely different to what works for me. And I often reflect on it and I... Um, refer to it as bio-individuality. And I think exercise programs need to be very specific for the individual, you know, your lifestyle, your training goal, what you've got access to, what you like, what you dislike, and then structure programs specifically for that need. So I guess they're my thoughts um, in regards to exercise, exercising for results, exercising for lifestyle. I really want you as the listener to change your mindset about that because I... I, um, probably believe the majority of us are actually training for lifestyle rather than for results. We probably aren't getting the results we're after. And the reason for that is that we just aren't providing enough structure around our training program. So please engage in some in some feedback. Write me a review. Um, I'm certainly happy to participate and, and help you write a program specific for your needs. So hook me up on through social media or email me at tori at truehealth.com.au or get on the Facebook page, The Health Bloke, and engage in a conversation with me. And I hope you can be mindful of the five tips in terms of exercising for results. Switch, flip your program around and really focus on resistance training versus cardiovascular training and assess what you're currently doing. And then also look at the level of intensity that you're currently training at. I think if you get, if you can increase the intensity, increase your resistance training, and also pay attention to the five key points in terms of you know, your fuel, your resistance, your recovery, your, your variety. You'll be well on the way in terms of getting the results 
you're after. So hope you found that little podcast useful. Thank you for listening. I appreciate any feedback you give me. And remember, make health a habit. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Health Bloke Podcast, talking all things wellness. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Leave a review or share, as we all know that the Health Bloke wants everyone to make health a habit.